There you are, Mr. Dave. How are you doing today? How are you? Fabulous. I'm enjoying it. It's marvelous. Great fun. I'll tell you what. I'm so in love with how you have really embraced your community. And I just wish more people would, would understand the process of bringing all people together. Yeah, I'd love to see more people in America because I've just been I've been doing a lot of reading on America. I've got a company in America myself. I love the place dearly. And I'd love to see people in America across the states doing something similar, getting together to open a community bank or a community financial institution. Don't necessarily have to be a bank, just a financial institution that actually helps local people, has an old-fashioned bank manager there that really understands where people live and what special needs they've got in certain areas of that town or Perhaps they can help lend into people as we do who can't borrow from the high street bank and then they give people the best rate of interest on the high street and the profit after the overheads are paid. We feed the local children in the food banks. So it would be wonderful to see that replicated across America. I love this line inside the, the, the movie. It's uh, everybody hates bankers. It, it's so true because nowadays, even if I could get a banker on the phone, that would be brilliant. But all I get is a recording. Yeah, they're not interested in real people. That's the problem. They're not interested in lending you some money to open a business or or lending some money for a house. Or All they're interested in doing is taking the money off you, giving you very little or nothing in interest. Even though interest rates have gone crazy all over the world, they give you next to nothing, a few percent. That's all they give you if you look at. They then take that money from you and they lend it around the world for financial weapons of mass destruction, I call them. Credit defaults, stocks, shares, dangerous things that that, that they make fortunes on and and, and they they bet against companies losing by shorting the stocks. And that's all they're interested in because when it goes right, they make a fortune. And when it goes wrong, they get bailed out by the American taxpayer. So it's a no-lose situation. Why would they want to lend to a local business to open a small restaurant? I mean, I've just opened a restaurant last week. I I lent some money to a, a, a company called Sandwiches. And they've just opened a little restaurant and uh, here in the UK. And I walk past that and I can feel good about it. I, I see that it's helping. You know, there's people working there. It's creating jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, all these other big banks are doing is they just, they, they just seem to have gone to casino banking and forgot why they were there in the first place. Yeah. I mean, was there ever a time in uh, American history where the banks were run like what you do? Because, I mean, your local bank is, is, is investing in the people. The people then, like you said, they open the restaurant. But then you also invested in the nonprofit organizations. I mean, that to me is a true community. And why would you want to leave a town like that when everybody's taking care of each other? Yes, it would be wonderful. And not just financial institutions. With If everybody could get together in a community to buy a block of energy yes. or a bo- block of fuel where the energy, you know, you get an entrepreneur, a wealthy guy in that community who wants to give back to the community like my, my place and, and what I do, where he takes the risk. So he'll go and buy the block of energy and then he'll buy it at a discount because he can buy up from and then he splits that block of energy into that town or that city and, and for the local community, and they all benefit a little from, it, from, from, from being able to buy in bulk. They all get their percentage of that discount. And whether it's energy, whether it's fuel, whether it's a financial institution, whether it's mortgages, 
it's just taking it back out to things used to be and they were much better then and there's a, a movie in America called It's a Wonderful Life mm-hmm. and, and, and as, I, as I mentioned it, it's a wonderful American movie and I watched that after I'd made the Bank of Dave movie and it's, it's very similar to the Bank of Dave movie in some ways because it just shows that that guy George in the movie he, he wanted to give back and so do we and it works and it worked then you know many many decades ago and it works now but the big banks, they dislike me with a passion. I was going to ask. Um, they, oh, they've tried to put me in prison and all sorts of things. Mm. You know, it, it, here I am helping local people get the best rate of interest. We're then lending to businesses who can't borrow and the profit we give to charity and they think I'm a terrible person. You know, it, it, it just, it's so, so frustrating when I'm, I'm banging my head against a wall against these massive institutions that all they're interested in is taking millions and not giving back to where it came from in the first place. How did you face that wall or that mountain of, of legal problems? Because, I mean, they've got a lot of money and they can afford a lot of big lawyers. Yeah, and they threw some big lawyers at me. Some of them lawyers were on $1,000 an hour that Jeez. they were fighting me with. You know, it was just crazy. But in the end, do you know what? If you truly believe in yourself and you truly believe in what you're trying to achieve and that you believe that you've got the self-belief that you think you're doing the right thing and you're willing to go all the way, then at some point they will not mm-hmm. because you know that you can beat them in the end, but you've just got to be willing to go all the way. And I was willing to go to prison for what I believed in because I thought I've done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. All I've done is try to make a difference and a, and a positive difference. And I could take people around to all the businesses that we've helped. I could take people to where we've helped the, the pensioners get a decent rate of interest that it, they can actually pay the bills with the interest and the money they're getting. So, and then I can take them to the people who we're feeding the children. So I'm thinking, well, I've done nothing wrong. So if they're going to put me in prison, then they'll have to do that. Mm. There'll be a big campaign to get me out. You know, and now, you know, the documentaries I've made have gone all over the world and people uh, uh, know who we are and know what we do. So we're protected by people like yourself protect me from the, the powers that be because they're frightened of coming after me and then me finding out what they're really doing wrong because that's the that's what they're frightened of they're frightened of having to do what they did in the first place mm. but there's some bad people up there in the big banks and <laughs> they dislike me with a passion but the feeling's mutual I, I can so relate with this story only because I'm in, I'm in North Carolina and we have a lot of mill towns that have pretty much just become ghost towns. And now to learn that, that another section of this nation, uh, a mill town, is going to lose Tyson. And it's like, Tyson, how do you lose Tyson? And, 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 but your story is the same thing. It was a mill town that was in trouble. Here you came and you said, we can, we can rebuild this. We, so, so it's such a modern story that we can all learn from. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I come from a mill town. That was Burnley, and my dad worked in the mill. Uh, my dad worked as a farm labourer in the morning uh, from six till two, and then he'd walk down to the local mill and he'd work two till ten shift, which is the afternoon shift into the night at the local mill. He always had two jobs all his life. And my mum was a weaver in the local mill, making the cotton. And uh, my dad always worked seven days a week. But when I went to see the institution, the bankers in, in Britain, and said, you know, I want to open a bank. And they said, well, you know, have you been to Oxford or Cambridge, one of the big universities? I said, no, I have no qualifications. And that put them off. And they said, well, what do your parents do? I said, well, my dad's always had two jobs all his life, and he works in the mill, and so does my mum. And they said, no, no, you've not got the correct parents. They've not got the correct job. You've mm-hmm. not got the correct qualifications. You have no chance. And I said, well, I've built six businesses from scratch. You know, I've, I've got four on that. I, I know what I'm doing. I, I, you know, I'll just, I'll just build this business the same as the others. 
And they said, no, 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 no. You've got to be a banker to be a banker. Or you've got to have banking parents. So you've you've got to come from... I mean, Hugh Bonneville in the movie plays a very, very good part where he says, Dave's not the right sort of chap. <laughs> you know, and he, he he plays the banker, you know, and yeah. he plays a brilliant job of it. Uh, and, and that's what they think of me. They just think, because I'm from a mill town. And because my dad was worked in the mill and my mum worked in the work mill. Um, I mean, people can see a picture of my dad with me on, on a photo in, on Twitter, at Fishwick David, uh, on Twitter. And they can actually take a look, because I, I posted one of the day of my dad and me on the old back street where I used to live. The, the houses were so bad they knocked it down. But we didn't have, I didn't even know people had an inside toilet until I was 10 years old. Wow. Because nobody on our street had an inside toilet. They all had an outside toilet. You know, and, and the place I grew up with, the old terrace houses that were put there for the mill workers. And that's where I grew up. Hmm. And that's what I understand. And you must never forget where you come from or you'll never get to where you're going. And if a guy like me can leave school with no qualifications and no money and go on to build six businesses and, and, and build the first new high street bank for 150 years in Hollywood turn up, then anybody can do it. Uh, and that's what I'd like to see across across America. If others could do the same, help in their community in any way, shape or form. And I'd love to hear from you. The way you talk about the mill, the passion and the drive, you remind me so much of Joe Elliott, him explaining to me why Def Leppard is such a huge band these days. We came from the mill era. We we were the factory people. And and I mean, and no one and to have a cameo of Def Leppard in this, is there a connection to the band? Did you work together? How did this happen? Because they also came from the mills. Yeah, Joe and all the team, aren't they lovely, lovely lads? Um, we give them a call and I said to them, you know, I want to make this uh, this really special by having a piece of Def Leppard because I love singing, but I'm a terrible singer. That's the problem. I'm a terrible singer, but I love singing. And I sing in karaoke and all sorts, but I'm the worst. But do you know what? I just like having fun with everyone. And uh, we rung Def Leppard up and they said they'd love to do it because they'd lived very close to me. Um, They was up the road there and they lived in a mill town the same and their connection was very similar. And when they they heard that they was doing a movie, they'd heard about the story and the documentaries that I'd already made. um, And they just said, yeah, we'll take part. And do you know what? They came over. Uh, a few months later and, and they, we filmed the concert and it was just fantastic and what a nice group of guys yes. they are I mean they're rock stars they're big rock stars but they, they're just genuinely good people as well um, and I think that that's so important to get across that in real life um, when they turned up on the day of the filming and we were just having the crack with them and they, yeah just a real real genuine bunch of guys and the manager and everybody were just fantastic when you put this this bank together I, I realized that you wanted to build your own bank you didn't want to be like the institutionalized banks how did you hire your employees did they have to have a banking background or did you hire just regular everyday people that you helped shape well when you when you've got a financial institution some people that you hire have to have a certain amount of qualifications okay. but you can find good people really good people who want change. My right-hand man is a guy called David Henshaw, David Age, and he's been in in banking since he was 16 years old in the front of the till of a big bank in the UK. He's now in his 70s, and he's the old-fashioned bank manager that looks as people as people. He looks people as real people, and he does what they call manually underwriting, and he He's taught the team how to manually underwrite, which is an old skill that's been forgotten about. And what manual underwriting is, is when he looks at people, he looks at the bills, he looks at maybe they've had a problem in the past, maybe they've not been able to pay some bills, maybe they've got divorced, maybe they've lost a job for a while, but they've got over it now. 
and they're the building the life again. And he's taught my team how to look at people as people rather than a computer. Yeah. Because you've got this new artificial intelligence coming along. And our AI, they call it. Now, there's nothing wrong with normal intelligence. We don't need artificial stuff. How can a computer 300 miles away make a decision about somebody in a local town where they don't even know where they live, they don't know what they do, they don't know what the situation is? You can't have that where the Banker Dave has... Has, has been taught by David Henshaw. And David goes every day and keeps his eye on the whole place. And he, we have all these fancy computers there, but he also, every night, he makes sure that they all write it down in a pad, what they've done that day. And the pad will never crash, he says. Doesn't matter about the computer, but the pad will never crash. And he loads the pad into the safe at the end of every night. And even though the computer's backing it up and it's all in the cloud and everything, David H has got it on the pad. And some of the old-fashioned methods, they are still the best way. What was it like to see your story up on that screen or to have it being played back for you? Because, I mean, you've lived this, this story, and now, and now you're reliving it again through, through moving pictures. Yeah, it is. I mean, it really is strange to see somebody play you, but Rory Kinnear, the, the, the guy that plays me, I mean, he looks more like me than I do. <laughs> uh, and... And the first time I met him, I remember he knocked on my door and I opened it at home and he said, Dave, meet Dave. And I thought, you'll do for me. Uh, and he's, I mean, his father was such a wonderful actor as well. His father was Roy Kinney, who played in some of the fantastic American movies. Um, he, he, he's just a wonderful guy. Um, and he really did a lot of homework to make sure he got my mannerisms right. And watching him on stage uh, dance with Def Leppard and sing with Def Leppard on stage, it felt like I was there. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I was stood in front of them watching it, and it would just, oh, it would just, it, 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 there were a feeling that went through me that if nothing ever happens in my life ever again, I've already peaked, you know. And I told Rory, because, I mean, Rory plays a big part in Bond in all the Bond movies as Tanner, and I said to him, look, from Bond to Burnley, you've now <laughs> peaked. And everybody's going to shout at the telly now when they see him in Bond. They'll say, Dave's in Bond. You know, so I've told him he's, he's, he's peak. But you've also got Joel Fry from the Game of Thrones. You've got Hugh Bonneville from everything. He's just wonderful. You've got Phoebe Denver from Bridgerton. She was the lead yes. actress in Bridgerton. Uh, you've got Paul Kay. Um, it's just a cast full of really interesting people. You've got Joe Hartley, who plays my wife, uh, from, uh, from the new Ricky Gervais big hit. Um, it, it, it's just... Yeah, it really was a dream watching it being made. And the guy that wrote the script is a guy called Piers Ashworth, who actually writes Mission Impossible for Tom Cruise. Oh, wow. So it, it, it's uh, it's got a lot, a lot of big names. Um, but it, it's a very small town, is Burnley. It's got a lot of problems, but it's a lovely town full of real people. And it's a mill town that's trying to make a living in, in this era where they're just shutting mills down, you know, and, and we're doing something different where we're opening things and we're making a difference. And if we can do it, then anybody can. It'd be lovely to see some mill towns across the world and across America do the same. When, when you talk about that, it's, it's a small town, a mill town that's having some problems. I can't imagine how many nights that you wake up and, and that, that, that sense of fear, but then you calm yourself down going, we've got this, we've got this. You've got to tell yourself that because when the big banks are coming after you and the and the and the, you know they're trying to get you locked up yeah. and they're sending you letters saying cease and desist and they're coming through the fax machine uh, and 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 you're seeing these letters with, with with very very serious words on them you know they they want it rid of me bad 
they still want rid of me. Wow. But people like yourself keep me protected because the more media attention that we get and the more support we have across the, from the public across the world, the more that protects me because then the politicians then get behind me. And recently, Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister of, of the UK, stood up in Parliament and people can see this on my Twitter. If they go on my Twitter, at Fish with David, and go on the link there, they can watch some of the videos and if they go down to where it says Prime Minister's Questions, Rishi Sunak stands up there in Parliament and said it's towards Dave Fishwick's model we should move. And he says, I'll get my Treasury Secretary, Andrew Griffiths, to meet him. And he did exactly what he said he was going to do. And and Andrew Griffiths has now met me. And Joe Gideon, the MP, they've met me. That's head of the banking department. And now they're trying to get real change. So I've now gone above the regulators, if you will. I've gone to their boss. So now they're really, the bankers are really pulling the hair out because they're thinking, you know, he's going to bother us, you know, because they've got customers coming in around the country saying, why can't you do the same as Dave and El Powell? You know, because we do mortgages with the credit cards, we do loans, and they're just, banks just not interested in, in doing things like that for the local community anymore. They just, right. they want to take your money off you and give you no interest, right? They want to give you no 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 interest for your savings, and they want to take that money and, and buy crazy credit default swaps around the world to make themselves a fortune. They forgot why they were put there in the community in the first place. You talk about those loans. You can't judge a book by its cover in a town like yours. How That's that's trust. That's faith. I mean, they've got to give that money back. Well, we've been going nearly 12 years. We've lent out over $50 million, wow. which is a lot of money to a small community like ours. It makes a huge difference. We've, we've, we've helped thousands of people and businesses get going. We've got less than 4% bad debt, and we only lend to people who can't borrow from the high street bank. Right. So, so if we can do it in a, in a really – I mean, Burnley's a tough place to live. It's just like some of the places in America, in the mill towns there, where the, the mills have closed and, 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 and they've not had the, the support that they need because of, of the industries just, just, just dying off. So if you, if you lend money to the, to, to the people and, and they've got the heart for it, they'll open other industries in that area, which is what's happened in Burnley, and that could be replicated, and it would be wonderful to see it replicated in America. And I'd love to hear on your show from any of your listeners that, that perhaps would like to do something similar or would like to tell me about something that they're involved in. That'd be great because when we come out to America, it'd be good to come on your show live and, and maybe chat to one or two of these people. Yeah. Uh, you're going to think I'm weird, but I'm a daily writer. I've been doing it since uh, July of 1994. You've got a pin in your hand. You've had a pin the entire time. I got to see that pin. Is it a ballpoint? What is, what is it? It's just a, <laughs> no, it's a it's Sharpie. Just <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm always interested you in know. what other people use as that tool to get inside that mind, body, and soul. <laughs> yeah, it's nice and important because I'm also on the business doctor in the in the Mail Online, which is the biggest digital uh, newspaper in the world. And people write to me with their business um, uh, problems. And, and, and I just, because I, I built six businesses from scratch in all different eras, in all different genres. And... Um, if a lad like me with no qualifications can do it, because I don't always agree with young people going to business studies because they're getting taught sometimes yeah. by teachers that never actually run a business. Mm-hmm. And they're getting thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 in debt to be able to go to a university and learn this, where you know I think sometimes you can go out there and have a go and, and save yourself a $50,000 debt. Yeah. Um, I would love to see um, you know more, more businesses open, more young people getting going, um, and especially if they're going to stay in the community and, and help build it. Yeah. you got to come back to this show anytime in the future, Dave. The door is always going to be open for you. 
Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Will you be brilliant today, okay? I'll try my very best. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Keep writing. Yes, sir. You, you too. <laughs>